Hi there. We have a favor to ask. If you're enjoying the DLC Live podcast and you're listening on a platform that lets you leave a rating or a review, leave us a five-star rating. Maybe take a minute to write a quick review. It really helps, and we really appreciate it. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to DLC Live, your source for educational and inspirational interviews with mental health experts and advocates from around the world. Now, here's your host, creator of the DLC Anxiety Worldwide Mental Health Community, Dean Stott. Hello, everyone. What a glorious day we are on today. Hope everyone's doing well. If you're not, if you're feeling a little anxious, you've come to the right place. It's our first CBT anxiety drop-in clinic with the wonderful Kimberly Quinlan. Um, I'm so excited to start this off with her. It's going to be amazing. We're going to be talking all things anxiety and CBT. What is CBT? Thank you so much. Clean shaven, looking good, Dean. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate all the love and support. Um, this community is amazing. It's just what makes this community fantastic. And in my eyes, the best community on Instagram. So let's get Kim on. Let's introduce Kim to the platform. You've, you've seen her before on previous lives, but yeah, she's now going to be our go-to CBT therapist going forward, which is exciting. She said to me, Dean, if you want me to be uh, your go-to CBT therapist, then just let me know. And I said, Kim, I want you to be it. So here she is. Let's go. Everyone's, everyone's loving the haircut, Kim. I've got everyone Hello. screening after me. <laughs> I'm blushing. I'm blushing. Really? It's not even cut. It's the way it's been. No, my haircut, not yours. <laughs> I was trying to give myself some Kimberly Quinlan self-compassion, self-kindness, and there you go. You take it off me because you're already self-loving yourself, which I love and is amazing. I'm sorry, I was I was sitting on spiral. I'm like, your hair is actually I do love your hair. I have to tell. <laughs> Thanks, How Kim. Are you? Kim, episode one. We're gonna do this um, every two weeks to start off with. Hopefully. What people are already saying, can we do it every week? Can we do it every week? We'll just do it for a month, see how it goes. And then hopefully we can do it every week if it fits our schedules, which is fantastic. But it's going to be a CBT, more of an educational drop-in. Um, you're our CBT therapist to hand. You're amazing. The community, obviously, already been introduced to you and the wonderful work that you do. So, yeah, I'm really excited to get this uh, started. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here, even with my hair and everything. <laughs> and I'm loving those earrings. Gil, thank you are you. working it today. You are working it. We, 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 we are, are working, working it. it. Fantastic. So, Kim, I just want to start from the beginning. So just like a little introduction. People, people are saying CBT, what is it? What is CBT? Can we just give them a clear definition to what CBT is firstly? Okay. So... If you went to a therapist, they're going to practice different modalities, which is basically different types of therapy. Um, CBT is a particular kind of therapy where we look at the C, which is for cognition, right? Um, your cognitive process, what you think, how you think. And then the B is behavioral, right? So we're also going to look at how you're responding to your thoughts and your feelings and your sensations. And the T is for therapy. Now, there are different forms of CBT depending on the diagnosis. 
Um, but in general, cognitive behavioral therapy is anything where we look at thoughts and feel, feelings and then behaviors as well. Fantastic. And obviously, being an anxiety community, what's the reasons that you would say that CBT therapy is like one of the go-to areas to go to when someone first gets diagnosed with an anxiety disorder? Why do you think people say, yeah, CBT therapy is good to go down that route? Yeah, so CBT is one of the most studied forms of therapy, right? And so that we we use a lot of it because it actually, we have some proof and science behind it. It's not to say that it's the only way to do things, mm-hmm. but we use a lot of CBT because it does tend to have, CBT is focused on looking at a problem and solving the problem. So it's sort of more short term, focused on the problem, focused on the solution type of therapy. It's not long term, explore your dreams and that kind of work. Um, so a lot of people will use cognitive behavioral therapy because it has, you know, very specific skills and tools we use and the outcomes tend to be pretty quick um, and very specific. And so would you agree that once you do it over that short period of time, once you have the tools, you can then continue to do it um, in your day to day living once you once you gain these uh, good cbt um skills which uh tools sorry which i'll um explore further with you regarding going to therapy and being able to go online and and search for these tools that can be helpful for people who might not be able to um explore therapy at the moment um so I, I, why I love CBT is that I think it's a great educational tool as well. And when we start, uh, when we when we're at the start of an anxiety disorder, we don't really know much about these scurvy symptoms. Why we're having these irrational thoughts? We often feel that these thoughts are truthful, or, or there's some truth in it, and we often can't detach from these thoughts, can we? Um, so I think um, it's 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 just a great educational focus on what's happening to us at the beginning of an anxiety disorder. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, yeah. So we, the way that a structured CBT looks is that first you will get psychoeducation, right? We'll, we'll explain to you what's happening, right? Teach you what's, what's maybe feeling so like bizarre. You might be thinking like something's wrong with me. And we do a lot of normalizing and educating around that. And then, yes, it's very focused on tools, which you can use in any area of your life. Um, I actually use a lot of CBT just in parenting even, right, with my children mm-hmm. in terms of, like, teaching my kids. When you have a thought, does that mean that it's a fact? Or um, you're doing a behavior. Is the be- behavior effective? Is there a different behavior you may want to look? So it's asking lots of great questions that helps us to sort of move towards being effective and functioning and away from being ineffective and sort of doing behaviors that keep us stuck. Yeah, that's really interesting. I just saw one of the comments there, someone saying, would it help with um, anxiety on a plane, for example? And I know uh, the reason I saw that is because of the amazing life that that we had when about my fears of the plane honestly the amount of dms of people saying oh my god i can relate uh, how you two spoke about that topic was amazing and yeah that sold the deal of like you becoming the cbt therapist <laughs> just because yeah everyone loves what you do which is amazing yeah, um, but yeah you. so if you're on a plane could could cbt techniques work for you quickly mm-hmm. just to answer that person's question 
Yes, yes, absolutely. In fact, the gold standard treatment for anxiety or panic disorder on planes is DBT. And Mm -hmm. so again, you would look at your cognitions and then you would also look at your behaviors, which is a lot of what you and I did is we were really, sometimes it's very, um, very, very small behaviors that you mightn't even be able to catch that you're doing that are reinforcing fear. If we're going Mm -hmm. to talk about an anxiety disorder, CBT catches the behaviors that we do that keep you stuck in that cycle. Um, And so absolutely. I remember when we spoke on the live about the plane and I said to you, well, I'm putting these things in place. And the the further that we went down it and delved down what I was actually doing, there was these little small things that were just continuing, uh, like continuous reassurance seeking that I didn't realize was reassurance seeking, uh, even with the knowledge of everything that I have to do with CBT and uh, anxiety is it. It can happen to anyone, which is super important. And and I think it's great. Just regarding CBT, does it only work on the present situations? Can you explore the past or does it help to put things in place for the future? Or or is CBT really focused on the here and now? It is focused on the here and now, right? So we're going to be looking at current struggles and symptoms you have today. Mm-hmm. However, with fear, a lot of fear is about the future, right? So mm-hmm. the thoughts you're having are the thoughts you're having right now, but they are about future events. So we actually, again, reintroduce tools and skills and behavior changes um, to help bring you back to the present, right? So a big thing that I always disclaim is I don't get rid of anxiety. That's not my agenda, I don't, my goal isn't to have someone be absent of their emotions. My goal is to have them and teach them how to have emotions or thoughts and then return back to doing the thing that makes you functioning and, and whole today, right here in this moment. So it, it it's a bit of both. It, and that's a, a lot of the cognitive piece is being able to identify I'm having a thought right now, even if the thought is about the future. Um, and being able to to sort of zoom out and see that is a really great skill. Wonderful. So I'm just put, um, can you use CBT for death, or the fear of death, anxiety? Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. someone's also put the difference, between, which I think is a good question, the difference between CBT and DBT. Yeah. So CBT, of course, is cognitive behavioral therapy. DBT is dialectical behavioral therapy. Dialectical behavioral therapy is an amazing treatment that is specific to emotional regulation. Um, And so if you're someone who's really struggled with regulation, DBT can help you hold space for more than one emotion, sometimes opposing emotions, and teach you how to regulate in your daily life. It's really helpful for, I mean, now we have research that's helpful for many disorders, but it was particularly created for people with borderline personality disorder and a lot of suicidal ideation. Right. And what other um, scientific information do we have now? What other areas um, is it helpful for? Now they've got research to show it's good for depression. It's good for OCD as a supplement to CBT. Um, it's, it's, it's becoming a supplemental treatment for a lot of disor- disorders. Um, let's say 
an eating disorder as an example, you may use um, CBT, a, a form of CBT for eating disorders, but you can supplement with DBT to help where the person is really struggling to regulate and use those tools. The yeah. DBT helps you regulate so you can use your CBT or other treatment modalities. That's wonderful. I just saw another question. If I'm depressed, how can I use CBT to get myself to exercise? Mm, it's really great that they're, they're wanting to put steps in place to, to help themselves, which is amazing to see. Um, great yeah. question. Um, any tips on that? Yeah. Okay, yes, so we will be saving the live. Yeah. Sorry, Kim. No, you're fine. So the thing that we do a lot with behavior, with cognitive behavioral therapy with depression is a behavioral tool called activity scheduling. A lot of times when people have depression, there's not a lot of structure in their day and they're overwhelmed by the day. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we create either a really basic activity schedule, which is like a calendar, um, and we put in place the things you want to do if depression wasn't there. And then with that, you can then start to implement tools or strategies to actually get you to follow through with that, right? So nobody wants like, very few people want to exercise. I'm one of them. Like it's hard to exercise. And so scheduling it, but also scheduling other behaviors that will help you get there, right? So sometimes we even have to be really specific in scheduling like at 8 a.m. I'm going to put my clothes on. At 8.15, I'm going to put my shoes on. At 8.30, I'm going to fill up my water bottle. And by 9, I'm going to exercise. Now that's really specific, but sometimes when you're severely depressed, you do need that degree of structure mm -hmm. just to keep it because otherwise it just feels so overwhelming. There's too many steps and I can't do it. So, so that's how CBT can help. And then as you're doing that, you can be working on correcting some of maybe your in, in, um, irrational thoughts. Because we have a lot, you know, depression lies. We know that. So it's going to tell you, you're going to have a lot of thoughts that actually aren't yeah. true. It's similar, a similar um, overlap with the thoughts, with anxiety, isn't it? Like you said, that inner critic's just screaming at us uh, loud. Um, and uh, you can see the overlap there. So you, you can understand why CBT um, would be helpful. Um, yeah, I think that's super important um, because a lot of people, when they're going through depression, they're, they're not like you often speak about the self-kindness, self-compassion, self-love, they're not showing themselves that. So just like going through an anxiety disorder, if you're going through depression and you're making these small steps, you have to celebrate those small wins. It's right. super important. Right, very much. So, yeah, again, when we have an anxiety disorder or depression, we tend to compare ourselves to everybody else and what they're doing. And so even with that activity schedule, you could even implement after the exercise some kind of um, something fun to do. You could even put it in your schedule so that you know that if you go to the gym, you have this thing to look forward to. And these are strategies that actually increase motivation and decrease depressive thinking. That's wonderful. Kim, so if I um, was at the start of an anxiety disorder I was scared of the symptoms, didn't really know what was going on. But say I was a person who was privileged enough to be able to go down different routes. Um, so I could go down the route of uh, self-guidance. I could look at therapy. I could speak to my doctor. Um, how would you think someone in that situation should explore CBT? Right. So if you have the reason, I mean, the good news is 
the resources are out there no matter where your resource level is. So ideally, yes, always if you are experiencing this is sort of general knowledge, and this is what I would say to my clients, if you're experiencing high levels of distress, high levels of depression, you know, some kind of disorder, you know something's wrong, always go to your doctor first. And then if you can, a simple Google search for a cognitive behavioral therapist can usually get you landed on someone within your area. Um, I encourage you to go to a CBT therapist. I'm very biased. I find it to be the most successful type of treatment. So do I. And this is this, this, I need to stress, this is a reason why we're doing this. Yeah. Not only does the science back it up, I've had personal experience of CBT helping me through my anxiety, a panic disorder and, and the overlapping anxiety disorders. So it's something that's really strong and important to my heart as well. Yeah, 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 I agree. I had the same experience. It's, it's, it's very straightforward. When you're anxious or depressed, your brain is a heavy, messy place. And CBT is just like a little bit of a, you know, it sets everything out in step by step. So you know what the next step is. So do that. If you don't have access to a therapist, there are lots of CBT workbooks available, which usually you can get for around the $20 mark, right? Um, if you really don't have the resources, or you could go to the library. Um, other options In fact, are... Kim, let me just stop you there. I went on your stories today and I saw an excellent resource uh, on your stories if people want to head over there, um, which is fantastic. So, yeah, I just wanted to let people know that. Um, yeah. Someone put in the comments, um, how do you know that you're progressing and you you haven't just got a good schedule? So you've, you've scheduled everything out, you're doing what it says in the schedule, but how do you know that you're really progressing? I thought that was a good question. Well, in my opinion, if you're if you're doing everything in your schedule, you are progressing. Like yeah, that is yeah. that is proof right there, right? Mm-hmm. If you're um and sometimes we have to look about and I always will talk with patients and people on social media too is be really curious about what your definition of recovery is. Recovery, in my opinion, isn't the absence of anxiety or some sad emotions. It's usually functioning, like really looking at how well are you functioning. So if often when I see a client for the first time, we will look at their level of functioning, right? How are you doing in school? How are you doing at work? Where do you find you want to make the first changes? And if you're made those changes, you're all, you're doing great, right? And so yeah. it, that it could be as simple as just looking at what's working and what's not, because we can actually make small baby tweaks and make big change. Yeah, so maybe that person, like you say, if they've got a structure and they're following that structure, they need to now be giving themselves some self-praise and self-love that what they're doing is amazing. I think that'll just like um, booster like what they're doing and just cement that they're on the right path, which I think is amazing. Um, I just wanted to explore, we know that CBT, like you say, is a gold standard treatment for a lot of anxiety disorders. It was helpful for myself, for you, the science uh, back behind it saying how great it is. Is the cases for for people with anxiety disorders where it wouldn't work, in your Um, opinion? I don't think it, I don't think there is any real case where it wouldn't work, except of course, if you don't want to do it, right? Like if you're not invested in it, um, the, the thing that I personally love about CBT, which some people don't love about CBT is it's homework heavy, right? I give homework to my patients every single session. 
not because we won't um, be doing it in this life but in future lives yeah. we will be giving the guys homework yeah. which i'm really yeah. excited about yeah yeah and so the and i agree and i'll tell you why is because coming to therapy in and of itself is great but it's only one hour of one day usually right mm-hmm. um unless of course you need more intensive the real change is where you're implementing it in your life, right? And you're and you're implementing it into the times of the day where you're struggling. So we do give a lot of homework. And I always suggest, you know, in any resource that I create a course or on my podcast, is I always suggest around 45 to 90 minutes of homework a day, right? Um, that's, that I know sense. for some, it makes for sense, some people, though. yeah, for some people, they're like, what? That is a lot, but you will not believe the change that can happen when you consider it like a course, right? Like I always say to clients, like, think of this like a a school course that you're taking, you're going to learn French or something. You won't learn French one hour a day. You could learn a little, but you will really know French if you start to put it into practice for 45 minutes a day. And so um, for people who don't want to do homework, um, you will have some limited success for sure. That's interesting. So it maybe it's the client's expectations going into CBT that might um might they might be thinking that it, it is something that it isn't, and maybe like you say, for whatever reason, they might not be able to engage with that homework. But I think with with anxiety recovery, especially, a lot of it is cementing these new behaviors these new responses to thoughts uh, and the things that we do and like you say it takes practice it takes time Mm -hmm. you can't just learn so all these things once or twice and then think that you're going to be recovered unfortunately you've got to put in the hard work and the the massive unfortunate thing is when you're in the place of an anxiety disorder the last thing you want to do is put in the hard work because you're feeling overwhelmed by these Mm. physical and emotional symptoms. So I I totally get it. And I totally understand when people think just, just think that they can't engage with it. But I think by reiterating the importance and how, how great that it is um, for people in an anxiety disorder, hopefully it gives them that motivation to start exploring CBT for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And I will say I I am a therapist who is highly, highly trained in CBT and I use it on myself every single day. I'll I'll be watching my thoughts and I'll catch something and I'll I identify that's not a helpful thought. That's not mm. that's not gonna push me towards what I want. And then I will make little tiny shifts and you'll be shocked how little baby shifts can grow and grow and all of a sudden you will be wow. Uh, that's um, like massive shifts can happen so it is a lifelong practice fantastic kim before you go i just want to answer some of the questions um i can see there's some in the question box and yeah i'm really excited uh, everyone seems to be really engaged which is fantastic um someone's put cbt is a lifelong practice for me i totally agree like if you're implementing cbt in your day-to-day routine you are winning mm-hmm. agreed um, someone's put relaxing versus exercise, both, in my opinion. Both, I agree. And because we are complex, right? We do need um, different forms of, of strategy, right? And I, so just sort of let you guys know, my account is called Your Anxiety Toolkit. And the whole reason for that is 
you you're going to need many different tools to make it work it's not just one thing that will change everything it, it has to involve multiple things at once which can be hard and that's why you just start with one at a time but yes um the more the better the more tools in your toolkit the better do you know what um with this new book coming out very well in the next couple of months i've just realized that i speak about an anxiety toolkit as well so that's kind of like giving you free promotion there kim but you can take <laughs> it you can take it um, you're like right here with me like oh, <laughs> yeah. we're doing it together um so yeah i think that's amazing someone's got high can cbtvs for ocd um kim um fire away on that one so the cool thing is and what, maybe in another live we can talk about forms of cbt but i want you to think yeah. of cbt like an umbrella and underneath the umbrella are different types of cbt or forms of cbt so think of it this way if you have OCD, we actually do a lot more behavioral work than we do cognitive. So imagine. They're all, one second, they're all asking about the book, Greater oh. Than Panic. The number one story that people have been asking, how did you get through a panic disorder? How did you get through all these panic attacks every single day to now host and, and be the founder of DLC Anxiety? Well, I go back to some real, real struggle, like the passing of my father, which was really hard to go back to um, because it really affected me. Um, so that was super hard to do, but also super important. And then I go from there um, where my anxiety disorder appeared and then speak about my recovery journey and then the formation of, of the community that we're all in now. Um, that should be out in the next few months. So look out for it, Greater Than Panic, um, which funny. I'm super excited about. Um, Kim, let me just quickly get on to some other questions for you. Uh, for, it's not letting me put them onto the screen, but I can say, I mean, it says, can CBT help for an eating disorder or eating issues regarding anxiety? Yes, it can. So I myself had an eating disorder and um, some of the therapy I had was narrative therapy, but the gold standard is cognitive behavioral therapy. So again, you right. would correct your thinking and you would do a lot of behavioral change. Um, so absolutely, yes. Fantastic. Uh, let's have a um, Can CBT be useful in, in, um, in tackling trauma? Yes. So again, under the umbrella of CBT are different forms. Um, so you could use prolonged exposure, which is focusing on the behavioral changing, how avoidant you are. Do you think but it'd be worth doing one of these uh, clinic lives on each? Do you think we, we get enough information for each individual uh, yeah. type of CBT? You do, yeah? Yeah. I mean, again, yeah. it would be, it, it depends on for each disorder. There's a different form of CBT in most cases. Yeah. But with, with trauma, you can also use cognitive processing therapy, which is another form, which actually have is a heavy emphasis on the cognitive component. So it depends on the presentation of your trauma um, in which one you would use. But both are the most science-based treatments for PTSD. That's fantastic. Someone else, um, someone in the comments just put, uh, does it help with me focusing on my symptoms so they they focus on the heart racing? Uh, would CBT help them in that sense? It would help them in that we actually encourage you not to focus on them because, again, CBT is about breaking the cycle that keeps you stuck. So the, uh, the anxiety loop, yeah. Yeah. 
So if you're checking, you're actually, believe it or not, while it may feel like a relief to check, it actually reinforces the fear and makes it stronger. So with CBT, we actually intervene by reducing those safety behaviors. It may sound counterintuitive to start with, but again, we want to we want to reduce the behaviors that make the fear worse in the long term. And so that's the way we would take care of that. So I suppose they're interested in hearing your full umbrella answer. Right. So before I was saying, so under the umbrella of CBT are these different um, ratios of cognitive to behavioral. So for OCD, we would use um, ERP, which is the heavy emphasis on the, the behavioral treatment. For, let's say, um, depression, we would do a lot more cognitive therapy than we would do behavioral. So that would be its own form of treatment. For, let's say, hair pulling and skin picking or ADHD or tick disorder, um, we may use um, habit reversal training, which, again, is a different form of OCD. Sorry, different form of CBT, but heavy on behaviors again. So um, because CBT is such a huge umbrella, we've actually fine-tuned it scientifically to match and help each disorder. That's great. Um, and has that evolved over time? Um, it has, yeah. Well, think about the, the history of CBT is it used to just be cognitive therapy. But mm-hmm. then that ran short really quick because so many disorders need behavioral change. So then they brought in behavioral change. And then now they've tweaked and reviewed and, and done science reviews on them to find out the ratio of what's beneficial and how we can tweak it. And then again, we have all these new supplemental cognitive behavioral therapies like acceptance and commitment therapy or dialectical behavioral therapy, mindfulness-based cognitive therapy. So there, that's a lot of words, but that's how, that's how specific we've gotten, which is really great. And uh, what's your thoughts on mindfulness-based um, CBT? I'm a huge advocate for mindfulness-based CBT. In fact, mindfulness-based CBT has changed my life. The, the marrying of CBT and mindfulness has, I can't even explain how much it has helped me in my, my life managing anything, just daily life stresses as well as disorders. Um, we've seen smaller studies on mindfulness and how beneficial it is for anxiety disorders. And they're now doing larger stu- studies, which I'm so... Um, <laughs> this guy is so hot. Thank you so much, man. I'm, I'm, taking, your I'm taking all the smoke. I, yeah, love I need to concentrate. It. I need to concentrate. No, you take it in. <laughs> let's, just, let's just bathe in it. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I lost my whole trail of thought. If you can remind me what I was saying then, Kim. You're saying there's so, all the science behind mindfulness. Yeah, so these larger studies are going to come into play and hope, uh, and definitely reinforce everything that we're saying about how great mindfulness is because yeah Mm -hmm. it was super um beneficial for my recovery and something that I still practice um like in my routine now and the thing to remember too is CBT and mindfulness are the one of the gold standards for standard treatments for chronic pain and medical illness of course you'd still go to the doctor but it's helpful to manage the daily distress of having pain so I I just think that is brilliant that's yeah that's wonderful that's a game changer isn't it when you think mm-hmm. about it yeah yeah she was not lying lol hashtag hottie right <laughs> on, on that let me just see if there's any others that i think we should address before we go but kim first i'd like to just thank you for 
for spending time with the community, which I think is amazing. I know they love you just as much as I do. So it's fantastic that you're coming on and doing this. I really appreciate that. Oh, my pleasure. It's so fun. This is this is where I'm in my element. So yeah, me too. I, I just so love, easy. like I say, just have the, have the camera on and just speak all, all things yeah. that we know can help other people, which is why we do this on, on Instagram. Yeah. Um, someone um, put, does CBT help with uh, breathlessness? So we know that with anxiety, you can hyperventilate, which then can cause more anxiety. Um, would it be useful with that? Yes. Yes, mostly when you look at it from a cognitive perspective. So if you have breathlessness, that's, again, I would say not a problem. What becomes a problem is when we appraise it as a negative thing, right? Like this is bad, something bad is going to happen. So we would actually intervene and first take a look at your cognitions around the breathlessness. And then the behavioral concept is actually practicing doing the things that cause you breathlessness so that you can use your skills. Um, again, a lot of CBT is actually purposely and willfully facing your fear. Um, I'm sure like Dean, everything Dean shares in his book, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that. Everything I do talks about that, which is on purpose, like seeking out and, and doing the things that scare you instead of using safety behaviors. Mm. Um, yeah. And again, when you're at the start of an anxiety disorder and someone's telling you or you're reading um, stuff that's saying you need to do this really hard thing it, it can be it can be really hard to get that courage to make them first steps but once you do make them first steps and you start to see that little uh, glimmer of hope those little improvements or that little reduction in anxiety that's where that motivation really sticks and right. makes you want to continue with it so my advice to everyone if they're at the start of an anxiety disorder is listen to the people uh, that have been through an anxiety disorder and come out the other side listen to the science that have researched all these wonderful tools that are out there and listen to the therapists that are doing this on a day-to-day -day basis with their clients um but yeah kim this has been super fun um we're not giving the order uh, the community any homework this week um but maybe next time uh, and yeah i'll speak to you about the the topic or, or we can have yeah. a discussion about what we'll bring to the table next time maybe it's going to be a focus route on cbt or maybe a specific um anxiety disorder or whatever but yeah we'll have a chat about it and we'll let the guys know. But yeah, thank you so much, Kim. My pleasure. I, what we can do is I'll bring a skill or a tool or something they can focus on so that they can go home and put it mm. into place. Yeah. Wonderful. Enjoy the rest of your day. Kim you rocks. Too. I completely agree with them. Um, yeah, just, yeah, continue doing what you're doing, Kim. You too. You too. And I agree. Loving the hair. Totally. Thank you're winning. you, Kim. You're winning this Monday, Dean. <laughs> Take care. Bye. You've been listening to DLC Live. Be sure to follow Dean on Instagram at DLC Anxiety. Check our website at dlcanxiety.com and grab yourself a copy of our latest book, Greater Than Panic, on Amazon today. See you next time.